0: This is not a virtual AI that replaces the coach. I don't want any of that. So the human element is super important. You're listening to the Ramblings of the Freeway and that stands for French and Kiwi. And that's me, I'm your host Jean-Philippe Giel. In this podcast, I document my entrepreneurship journey building symbionic labs. I talk about the latest tech trends, AI, blockchain, Web3, the metaverse, AR and VR. Most importantly, I talk about data ownership and privacy. I share my opinions, the good, the bad, sometimes ugly, but I always try to remain practical. If you're ready, let's dive in. Welcome to the ramblings of the freeway. And yeah, I'm back. I'm back this morning. I'm just really thinking about the few days that are coming ahead and how busy my schedule has been. And so I committed to regularly talk to you guys. It's it's quite hard to keep up, to be honest there's a lot on we're in um, february here now i am four days away from taking a flight to east denver my my first series of conferences and my goal is to kind of put symbionic on the map and sort of organically network with you know potential partners vcs people who could help us get to the next level but at the same time I'm conscious that and I probably because I'm a perfectionist and I always think I never have enough to show and then and I am I don't want to have people in front of me who are, you know not able to kind of understand what we're working on so I'd like to show more the reality is right now I've got pitch decks that I'm not completely happy with I've got some embryo of demo video demo and and I've got myself so I can talk a lot I can do smoke and mirrors i can't show enough to my own taste not at least not as much as i would like to but you know actually i have to say it's going well and we are learning a lot it's a big difference from you know seven years ago now where this idea was in in the inception sort of thing and we talked a lot about what we wanted to do but we weren't doing it and so the big difference is that we're doing it now and so that feels absolutely amazing, but it's also extremely challenging because we're learning and we can't climb that learning curve fast enough. That's that's the, you know, basic reality of it. I would like to be able to climb the learning curve way faster. Now we have this mocap suit that we're using uh, that we bought off the shelf from a competitor, and I won't say which brand. We are recording movements and we are fitting this into our platform, the goal was to accelerate our build in terms of software. So we're actually recording stuff, which is amazing. Even if it's not with our own hardware yet. So we're recording that and we're learning a lot about what it means to actually record MoCap movements and the you know, all this theoretical knowledge coming to life. So that's been great. And then where well, we can really pinpoint the things that we need to work on from a software visualization point of view and how to You know sort of even out or smooth out the issues that you can have with traditional mocap so it's been it's been enlightening and so we're further working into the details of you know how to best you know accelerate people's learning with motion capture technology but on a big picture scale you know we've also i've also done a lot of work on what the platform will look like and and that's the key part and i kind of hit what i call the conundrum of the platform so we've got this you know three parts to what we're doing the first part being you know the hardware the sensors wearable tech and the second part is the app it's sort of front-end client for delivering that learning for the clients of the users you know how we can best use 3d visualization etc cetera, etc cetera, and what kind of features we need to have at that level. And the third part would be the platform and you know how that movement data, that 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 health and fitness data fits in in, uh, in the platform sense, and how that connects with the technologies we we'll talk, talked about, which is you know using blockchain and sort of digital IDs and and ways to build privacy in that data, how to encrypt it, how to decentralize it, how to anonymize it using technology like zk proof etc cetera, etc cetera. i won't go into detail which protocols that we're planning to use but there's a number of them that are very very interesting very reliable very robust but we still need to test what that looks like so this big platform side that's been almost augmenting in in scope from the initial part and i and we know that we won't be able to build everything in the beginning so we're, we're sort of mvp out a version of that but to have a map on how we can sort of build the rest of the features. So that's been fascinating, learning about all this and sort of scoping out how we would do it to deliver what we are promising on. Um, and yeah, that's kind of what I'm hoping now to get out of this first three conferences that I'm going to this early year. So I'll be jumping on the plane Thursday to meet Denver. That'll get me somewhere around the 24th of Feb. And East Denver lasts around until the fifth or sixth, and there's a few other opportunities until the ninth to kind of network with people. It's amazing how an event like that has got so many side events, and keeping up with that and finding out where they were, how they were subscribing, joining the networking with the right people in there, and putting that on the map. It's kind of mind-boggling. There's so much on. It's a magnificent event. There's a lot, so I'm. I'm really looking forward to everything that I can learn from there and the people I can network with and potentially potential developers as well on the Ethereum side that could become a part of what we want to do. Um, I don't know. It's all about finding the right people. I'm very organic in that sense. If I get a good vibe with the right person, that can change everything. But right now, we have a plan at least that we are following. And then from East Denver, I jump on to South by Southwest. That's further south in, in Houston, Texas, Austin. Uh, yeah. Austin or Houston? Austin, I think. Austin, Texas, south by Southwest. That's a slightly different conference. that has got a lot more different threads in the media, sort of movie, it's music side of things, which aren't really core to what we're doing. So not really interested in that part, but they have a health and fitness sort of industry strand and they have a digital innovation NFT blockchain and which is where we are, it has a lot of what they call OGs, you know, the original people that are working on the on on these technologies. They come to South by Southwest. So in terms of meeting people, networking with the right people, it's quite interesting to go there. And then and then I'll be back in New Zealand briefly because I can't stay away that long to be honest. The wife and kids are gonna hate me for this. I'm back in New Zealand mid-March and then I'm applying again to Austin again in the end of April for the Consensus 2023 conference. It's more focused on blockchain that conference and I haven't researched enough but very popular as well and a little bit of a different crowd so an interesting take as well on on what we are on what we're doing. So I think this will conclude the first half of the year and that's where the events the second half of the year is going to be the European continent. So for me, June, July, that's a Metaverse Summit in Paris. Again, I did it one time, so now I know exactly what to expect. ETH Global is right there at that time, so ETH as well. And then I belong to the FitTech Club, so there's a FitTech Summit in Munich in Germany. Interestingly, the, the two biggest markets for fitness is Germany and the UK. Just found out the other day looking at some data. So that's interesting because, you know, obviously that's kind of be keen in, in, in the mature markets that we'll be sort of targeting. But these are not the biggest worldwide. It's China, India, U.S. and Indonesia. Believe it or not, it's the app fitness market, fitness app market. So fitness app, a little bit different from fitness in general, obviously. But we are somewhere in between, right? Because we're a hardware, we're an app, we're a bit of a different ecosystem as well. I've been working a lot on trying to, you know, I've got the audience kind of mapped out in terms of behavioral profile, demographics and geographics is still kind of, yeah, I've got some big numbers around that. I kind of know where I'm going, but I leave it a little bit flexible in my mind because I I think I still need to learn a lot. So I don't want to kind of, you know, freeze it too hard because I think the months that are coming and the first use cases and these conferences are gonna help me shape a lot, the audience sort of profile and sort of fine tune that go-to-market plan that we need to put together. We've got already an embryo that again also. Um, so that's really where I'm at for this month of February. So it's all about getting our pitch decks ready, being pitch ready. Uh, being pitch ready is something that scares the hell out of me. Cause I always feel like you've got to narrow it down, make it really simple, really clear to understand and I hit the nail, the hammer on the nail, you know, they hit it right then, but as well, you know, that there is so much more to the story than what you're going to tell. And, uh, but if you told it all, you would drown in data, not in information, nobody has the span to actually, uh, you know, follow you whole rant, I know I got to be short and concise and, and and to the point and with what we're doing, I always feel that's extremely hard because do I talk about the product? Do I talk about movement only and say, yep, we're a way for people to learn complex movements. And that's what we are. That's the tip of the iceberg. You know, we're an e-learning product. That's that's one second pitch. What are you doing? I'm building an e-learning software, you know? Uh, e-learning software well, people when you say that they think about the old-fashioned e-learning right it's a powerpoint slide with some links in it and then some audio stuff and a bit of animation that's not what we are so if i say e-learning i kind of tap into a sort of mental model so yeah we're e learning but we're a new way to do e-learning using 3d using ai using insights from your body how do we gather those insights well guess what we're building hardware Ah, okay, you're building hardware. You know, people just turn off at that stage. Most of the investors and sort of angels I meet go, oh, hardware. My God, you were like, yep. So I'm thinking tooling, manufacturing, development times that are longer. Yes, sure. But I mean, I don't know. That doesn't doesn't scare me because I've been living in a hardware world all these years. I I worked at Samsung. I worked in the mobile phone industry. It's all hardware, right? I live and breathe hardware. I love electronics. I've always wanted to be working in electronics, even though I'm a failed engineer. So yeah, hardware, yes, it is lead times. Yes, it is manufacturing tooling. That's changed a lot though. I mean, you can prototype stuff really quickly now. You can do small runs really easily. So yes, hardware means longer lead times and more sort of investment costs up front. But some of these fears and feelings and that are attached to that are also from the old ways or the old world of looking at hardware. So yeah, that kind of, yeah, telling them about hardware, a little bit scary. They back, But then there's another stream of thought in my head is I'm not going to partner with everyone and everybody anyway. So if they want to back off, then bye-bye. Because that means you don't understand what we're doing. You don't understand what we want and you're not the right person. So I might as well know really quickly so I don't waste time on you. Sorry. I mean, that's rough. And I'm not rough, but... You know, i got to learn to be because I think there are a few people out there that are the right people to partner with for the next level. And my job is to find the right people. And these people are going to be people who are going to accelerate us and enable us, empower us to get to the next level. And that's not only money. Money is easy to find. But if you've got the right, the wrong people on board, they'll want their money back quicker too. And that's not going to be helpful. So. I'm not in there for two, three years. I don't want to be packaged and sold. That's not the model I want. I want a 10 year plus retirement plan. I'm building a long term company. I want to build something that's got values. My phase one is movement. Yes, app, sensors, and platform. But the next level up is we had more sensors. We had more streams of data. We expand upon what we can connect in there and how we build a platform around you know, data ownership and privacy and we'd become the next, the next Apple fitness or the next Google fitness, Apple health, sorry. So that's, I'm not in the three, five year time frame. I'm on a 10 year time frame. So yes, that's the vision. And yes, I'm not going to build this now, but I have a path. My path is simple. I build a community around capturing and learning movement. Why movement? Because a healthy body is a body that moves. You build upon a movement and learning exercises and learning fitness and learning rehab and learning all this because that's really core. And then you can plug other things onto that. You can plug your heart rate. You can plug your nutrition. You can plug your sleep data. You can plug your glucose monitoring. And then you can see how things interconnect with each other, how they you know, and then you run AI, ML models on those data sets and then you learn a lot more and give that insight back to the users so they can actually make a big difference to their routines. And it's very hard to change your habits and your behavior. You know, I I'm, I'm, i know, I try and I still can't, right? I yo-yo, my weight goes up and down. Sometimes I'm getting really serious. I'm a full nutrition Nazi. I lose steady kgs. I'm really going to the gym three times a week. I've done that. And then I slip off. I'm too busy. There's so much stuff happening in my life and I'm not so regular with those things. It's, so how do you, I think the result and the, not the result, but the answer to that is education, awareness, and then helping people make behavioral changes. Little by little, it's not big stuff. Big stuff is hard. Big stuff makes you revolutionize it tomorrow. I mean, yes, sometimes you might say, I, I don't know, it's either everything or nothing about that behavior myself. But it's interesting. You you also hit everything around it, you know. So when you make one behavior change, it's all the environment. That that means the blocks need to move. But you need some sort of assistance, you need some sort of help to do that. So being able to see metrics, record your progress, it's encouragements encourage yourself by looking at the data, by looking at the things. And then I'm sure we'll figure out how to bring some sort of gamification angle or community angle into it where you help each other. And that's why the coach is really important in our model. That's why we don't expand. This is not a virtual AI. I was writing some stuff yesterday. This is not a virtual AI that replaces the coach. I don't want any of that. So the human element is super important. So You've got to find a way to bring that back. That's why I think AR and VR is going to play a very important role in the platform. You need to have those links where you can bring back the coach on a regular basis. Yes, time and place, you're expanding the powers of the coach. They can record their lessons. They can sell them to the world. And that's really critical. And then once they've done that, people should be able to buy extra AR, VR sessions where they actually get to meet the coach and the coach can review all the data and the things that you've done for the last i don't know three weeks four weeks and they can say things and they can ask you how you feel they can do that sort of soft skills angle understand what's blocking you where your challenges are etc and then discuss them with you and give you some pointers and give you some advice because that dimension is really important so that dimension there de- Definitely stays in our model and takes all its meaning, so it's in there. Where am I at? Yeah. So going back to what we're doing, yeah, this is this was a discussion about the VCs and sort of you know partnering with the right people and making sure they understand and how to communicate that in a pitch deck, which is going to be a narrow down to the point, clear, concise, you know, window on on, on what we're doing. I've got to look at it like the first part of the conversation. It'll get you interested enough so you want to know more. And then I can tell you more about the whole vision. So that's it. Yeah. I mean, that's what's keeping me busy for this beginning of the year. Preparing those conferences, getting myself, getting ourselves ready. The team's working crazy hard. And I love them for that. They're really good. They're all contractors. You gotta remember, I'm not able to offer full-time employment yet. At least I've made the choice to, to keep it that way. So. They know that, I think they know that if things turned out the right way, they have a seat at the table, but it's too early to make promises. They're working their ass off. They believe in the vision. They believe in what they're doing. And, you know, I really rely on them right now to to get me to that level, to get us to that level. And uh, fingers crossed. Yeah. I think I will make some really interesting discussion. I will try to record some, I'm taking the equipment, the podcasting stuff with me i'm hoping that i can potentially recall some interesting podcasts or uh, at least keep you up to speed when i get there let's see but in the meanwhile that's it from the world of new zealand we've had a cyclone so we went through that surely we can do the rest now um it was terrible i don't want to you know give you too much detail here but i'm sure you've seen the news and uh, yeah in our part of the world it is not a common thing so it comes of puts stuff in perspective and also for me it did put a spin on, you know, you always hear about other countries, less lucky countries who always have cyclones and typhoons and they're beaten up by that and then there's global warming issues. So it really puts a different spin of that uh, on that and then it's not hearing it on the news guys, it's, you know, living through it. So that's even at our humble level and it was downgraded to a tropical storm, but we still had winds of 140k, 150k, 170k in places. So, My neighbors lost 70% of his land. The whole thing slipped away like a torrent of, it's crazy. But anyway. Okay, well, thank you very much and catch you up in the next one. If you want to find out more, please go to symbionic.com. That's symbionic with an I and a Q at the end. There, you'll find all the socials and the different ways you can follow us. In the meanwhile, I would really appreciate if you could subscribe to this podcast, leave a review. If you find this interesting, don't hesitate to share it with a colleague or a friend. That always helps spread the word. And that's all for me today. So, see you in the next episode.